Well, it's the weekend of Thanksgiving, and and uh, I'll begin next weekend to move back into what the Lord gave me to begin last week. And but this weekend is the weekend that we, as a local church, celebrate this year's uh, holiday festivities. Our as a family, we. Uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we have a luncheon and we celebrate just really what we celebrate is Jesus and what he's doing here in our midst and uh, how he's using us as a family here at Crossway Church to reach far and wide and even to help the church remain steadfast, directed toward the finish line. And uh, so uh, we, we take this, uh, this weekend and focus on the Thanksgiving uh, the thankful heart and our being thankful. And today, in today's message, I, I already know a part of what the Lord wants us to go home with, and that is that the thankful heart will be what it should be scripturally when the heart is touching Calvary. That there's really no true heart felt thanksgiving unless the cross of Christ is involved, unless that is the object of our faith. And it's not just what we want to say, it's what we'll see today in the Scriptures. So uh, we've, we've taken this Sunday to focus on this Thanksgiving because really, as I said Wednesday night, uh, Thanksgiving Day for us as a nation really is a day that the nation should be celebrating what God has done for this nation. Amen. For giving us this nation that we've had all these years and 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 the 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 just all the things that have made this nation what you know it is today, God has used. And and but really for us, it's just another day of thanksgiving because our lives are lived with grateful hearts. Every single day we praise the Lord, whether we're sick or whether we're healthy, whether we're broke or whether we're doing well financially. Those things do not deter our being thankful and, 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 and grateful from our heart to the Lord. Even more so now that He has shown us how the Holy Spirit works. Even more so now that He has shown us His focus, which is what our focus has to be, which is the cross of Christ. And so... Uh, I hope you've all had a happy and a blessed Thanksgiving. And uh, if you haven't, well, happy Thanksgiving and, and uh, today now to you. Hallelujah. We're having a family meeting today. Amen. And I do hope that you'd stay in fellowship with us after church today. The name of this message today is titled Abounding in the Faith with Thanksgiving. Let me say that again. Abounding in the faith with thanksgiving. Colossians chapter 2 verse 7 will be our springboard, if you will, scripture this morning. And all the rest of the scriptures will go along with this scripture as you will see its focus and its avenue of great revelation to us that thanksgiving, true scriptural thanksgiving flows out of what God is doing in your life. Many people going many people have a habit of going around saying thank you Lord, thank you Jesus, thank you Lord, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But true scriptural thanksgiving according to the scriptures 
always flows out toward God through what God is doing in us. And that even has to be scriptural. So the Bible says here in Colossians 2 and 7, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein. Everybody say therein. Everybody say in there. With thanksgiving. Let me read it again. Rooted and built up in him. And that's talking about you having your faith in what he did at Calvary and you being rooted with him and built up from what he did at Calvary and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So as we'll see in the scriptures today, the only true scriptural place where thanksgiving to God can come from is the place where we're abounding in the faith. I want you to see, it's in your Bible. We just read it twice. Only as we're abounding in the faith, only out of that can come thanksgiving to God that he sees and accepts. How many of you know in the Old Testament there was an offering called the offering of thanksgiving? Jesus came and became that offering to us. So when we're giving thanks to God, it's got to be through faith in Jesus and what he did at Calvary by becoming that thank offering for us. Amen. That's right. You know, something in this verse we need to pick up on is it speaks of a place therein, not just a person. That's why we emphasize the person of Jesus Christ and his work at Calvary. But even more specifically than that, Paul, and whenever we say Paul or Peter or John, of course we're talking about the Holy Spirit through them who wrote all this, Mm -hmm. but Paul never fails in all of his writings to emphasize the word in. And many of you have heard that before, but the word and the phrase in Christ, Paul's writings is all about our position in Christ. So when he writes here, it's no different. Rooted and built up in him, there we go, and established in the faith, there it is a second time, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. There it is a third time in just one verse. And if we back up the previous verse, we all know this here. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. So it's about a location, a place And if you're saved in this room today, you're already in that location. You're in Christ. That's your position. And in Colossians chapter 3, when Paul says to seek those things that are above, if you read it there, it's in context of him talking about where we are. And we are above in Christ Jesus seated with him. So the heart of thanksgiving is really, it's not an outward thing. It will produce outward emotions and actions from you that are can be seen by others for their benefit. And, and, but God, as we've already heard this morning earlier, he looks at the heart. And the heart is what really speaks, not just the mouth. The mouth can run and run and run, and the heart can be far from it. Amen? That's why Paul says here, we abound therein with thanksgiving. Not just anywhere, not just, you know, 
feeling thankful this weekend, but the, the reality is it's, it's not just us thinking about things that we can be thankful for. That's not what a heart of thanksgiving means, but it's actually produced out of where we're planted with Christ. And if we realize in our position this morning, it's not just something that might seem too theological or deep for people to understand. You just need to know that you were crucified, buried, and risen, and ascended with Christ, and you're seated with Him. And because of the work at Calvary that was finished, we can abound in that position with Christ, which will produce a heart of thanksgiving. And the heart of thanksgiving is really not just expected, it's required. Because that's how we are to live toward God. We have other verses that tell us, in all that you do, give thanks. Never cease to give thanks unto God. Well, that's not just with our lips, as we've mentioned, but the only place that thanksgiving comes from, or the giving of thanks, is from Christ and what he did at Calvary. Let me show you here today. Look at that word, thanksgiving. Uh, I'm not going to get too technical on us this morning, but the Greek word used for that comes from the root Greek word, eucharistos. And many of you already know where I'm going here, maybe, which means to give thanks for God's grace. But this same word was used when Jesus partook of the Lord's Supper right before his death at Calvary. Luke chapter 22, 19, 19 through 20. And he took bread and gave thanks, and this is Jesus, and he broke it and he gave it unto them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood which is shed for you. So we see Jesus here giving thanks for the work that he's about to be completed. For the, he's giving thanks with his disciples for the work that he's about to finish, the work that he talked about in other places that was a burning desire within him mm -hmm. to go ahead and redeem mankind. He thought about it every day of his life. I want you to know. So how much more should we think about it every day of our life, being on the receiving end of he who knew no sin but became a sin offering for us? Amen. The reality is this morning, if we can't be thankful through because of what Christ did for us and His justifying of us, any other form of thanksgiving we might have is just purely emotions. But if we're thankful because of the blood, it's the thanksgiving of God. And we've got a scripture for that, I believe. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess you're talking about First Thessalonians 5 and 18, maybe. That says, in everything, give thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, since that must have been what she was talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Now, let's read that again. Being enriched. Now, this is this is this is not this is talking about spiritual things, because the world is rich in all the material stuff. We're we're the richest people on planet Earth. God, because God's mercy and God's grace is the riches of heaven. That it is. I mean, uh, God's word relates His mercy to His prosperity. 
I, I believe it's Proverbs 28, 13 that says, He that covers his sins shall not prosper, but he that confesses and forsakes his sin shall have the mercy of God. He relates God's mercy to the prosperity of God. So uh, we need to be careful when we read the Bible that we're not just looking for stuff, but we're looking for Him. There's a, I mean, most of the church today is just looking for stuff. And if they don't get their stuff, then they, 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 don't, they won't even go to church. Won't pick up a Bible. Well, I tried reading that. He didn't do nothing for me because they weren't looking for an internal work. That's the same problem Israel had. They wanted Jesus to take over and rule over the Romans, and he came to rule over us. Put away sin and rule over us. Hallelujah. So uh, let's read this again. Being enriched, and that does mean made wealthy, but where our wealthy is is in Christ. That's the wealthy place that you've been given in Christ. Doesn't matter if you if you live out there in a little a little box. I mean, we don't want to, right? But if we did, we'd still be the richest people on the planet. Because it's God's mercy and His grace that makes us wealthy, being enriched in everything. Did you see that? Being enriched in Everything, as Pastor Colton said earlier this morning, are we acknowledging him and what he did at Calvary in everything? Because wherever he and what he did at Calvary is not being acknowledged, those are areas we're going to have a problem with. And if we're acknowledging him and what he did at Calvary in all things, then we can be thankful in all things no matter what all things might be, because we can know that all things are working together for our good, so in all things we can give thanks. It don't matter what it looks like. Well, I don't know how this could be God ripping that apart. and rip. How's God letting this happen? Be thankful. I remember the first time back in 1996 or 97, I preached along the lines of this message. First message I ever preached, it was called the heart of thanksgiving. While I was preaching it, a storm blew in. I ain't trying to be spooky on you, but lightning struck my well outside of town out here and melted the casing on the, 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 the submergible pump, melted it to the casing. When I went home, I was all, I said, well, well, God will take care of it, and we'll call the insurance company, and the insurance company said, no, you ain't got no insurance on that. And, and, and I was like, my lip hung out. Who? And the Lord said, you going to be thankful in this too? He does it to me all the time. Are you just going to preach this? Are you going to live this? If you think he does that to you, wait till he calls you to preach. Are you just going to preach this or are you going to live this? So you just have to say, thank you, Lord, in the midst of, not for everything, but in all things. Being enriched in everything. Now, this, this refers back to the scripture we first read. Abounding in Christ Jesus, spiritually, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness. That means there's this outflow going on of the Lord working in us. There's this outflow to all abundance, all abounding, which causes, it is the very cause 
through us, thanksgiving to God appears. Just saying, thank you, Lord, that's good. But let me tell you something again this morning. Thanksgiving to God flows out of a heart where he is working, abounding, growing us, using us. Thanksgiving comes out of that. Amen. Because So what could we say this morning? If it's not coming out of faith in the sacrifice, which is the only thing God works through, then it's not the Holy Spirit producing what we're calling thanksgiving. Anybody can say, thank you, Lord. Men who teach other Jesuses who are not even saved say, Jesus is Lord. Not his Jesus ain't Lord. There are men doing that today, and their Jesus is not our Jesus. And so their thankfulness is not the thankfulness of the Scriptures. Let me read it one more time. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Yeah, this, one thing that this verse really stands out and shows us is nothing we give to God originates in our own ability. Nothing. Nothing we can offer Him uh, will be accepted by Him unless it first came through Him, right? And that's why this says it causes through us thanksgiving unto God. His Spirit is in us giving Him thanks. Do we realize that? It's us yielding to that Spirit and allowing Him to work in us and produce thanksgiving in us. And it's us with opening up our mouth and saying, Thank you, Lord, and worshiping Him as the Psalms tell us we should do and we should be found doing. But God honors that if it's Him doing it through us. Mm-hmm. And it's Him doing it through us as long as we are beholding that which He already gave. When John the Baptist saw Jesus coming down, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And what we often miss there in John chapter 1 is he didn't just say it one time. It says, And the next day he saw Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God. That's our life. John the Baptist, Jesus says, was the greatest man ever born of a woman, the greatest prophet ever born of a woman. But then he turned around and said, But he who is least in the kingdom is greater than he. What is that trying to tell us? It's trying to tell us that though we can look at the ministry of John the Baptist and think, wow, what a great responsibility. Jesus said, but you're in the kingdom. It's your responsibility as well. We're beholding the Lamb. And if we're beholding the Lamb, we're looking at what He's done for us in every area of our lives. In every area. And when things devastate us in life, And I know this is a lot easier just to say than to go through. But when things devastate us, we need to realize we we were relying a a little bit too much in some areas sometimes. If, If our well is struck by lightning and it just throws our mind totally off the things of the Lord and onto the and we start stressing and worrying, the Lord's trying to show us, hey, in this area of your life, you need to look to me. You need to trust me for this. You need to trust me. And it's very practical things like that sometimes that he'll do it, but it's always from an internal word. Something I was sharing with my dad the other day is there's a certain type of preaching that will glorify 
and, and, and talk about the right answer, but the, the focus is on all of our circumstances all the time. Oh, or, or what are you going through today? I know you like to tell the story of that preacher saying at the start of every sermon, saints, as the devil whooped you this week. And that's the focus of a lot of ministries and churches. And if we're not careful, it can be our focus on, well, God's just looking at my external circumstances. No, God's always wanting to do an inward work in us. And He will use these things that we go through, even if they might seem small sometimes, but it's always Him using them to make us look to the place in which He can cause us, even in the midst of that, to say, thank you, Jesus. And that's what He did at the cross. Mm -hmm. Because it's there which He produces that heart of thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And a great example of what you're talking about really happened the first message that I shared with you that I ever preached. Right in the middle. And you just imagine that God's called you to preach and it's your first message ever. You know what you are. You're scared half to death. And right in the middle of that message, titled The Heart of Thanksgiving, a, a little woman jumped up in the middle of the congregation and just said, I don't have anything to be thankful for. My kids are at home knocking holes in the wall and this, that, and the other, and I, I don't see how I can have anything to be thankful for. I could just get in my, that's what she said, I could just go get in my truck and drive it off a mountainside. And I was up there going, good Lord. And, Lord, what do I do? <laughs> and uh, all I could say was, well, we love you. <laughs> terrified but that's a it I mean that's the reality of our very own experiences sometimes when we're going through things that we that we're only looking at these external things and we're not being still and listening to that small still voice you see th this is this is where you have to be learning the word of God because the Word of God is that which will pierce in between your, your outer experiences and that which the Holy Spirit's trying to do in you. If you don't know the Word, then my friend, you need to learn the Word. Well, I got something for you this morning. If you don't know the Word, I'm not talking about becoming a theological Bible scholar. I'm talking about just learning what the Bible says. Because if you don't know what the Word says, when the Holy Spirit's trying to do something in your life, you're not going to understand what He's trying to do. You do know that. If you, if you disagree with that, that means we're just living by totally emotions and stuff, feelings. So we need, we need to, in the midst of all things, such as this message we're sharing today, if you don't know that true thanksgiving only can come through, through what the Holy Spirit is causing in your own life, then we'll go about saying, thank you, Lord, and thank you, Lord, and thinking that's covering something, but it ain't covering anything. Amen. Yeah, let me add an example to what he's saying. You know, when we read in the book of Psalms, we see David, and you can pair it with First and Second Samuel, the life of David, and see what he wrote this psalm about and what he was going through. But when you read the psalms of David, oftentimes he starts them out by saying, Lord, where are you? Don't you see what I'm going through? But by the end of the psalm, he's saying, I've read your word. I've meditated on your law. 
and I know you're right here beside me. I'm paraphrasing, but you can read the Psalms and realize that David, in every single circumstance, when he was hiding in the cave of Adullam, running from evil Saul, he was still magnifying the Lord. And it's because he knew what the Word said, the Word of the Lord. And us today, the only way we're going to be able to magnify the Lord in our hardships now and in the hardships that are approaching is if we hold to the Word of the Lord, which for us is the Word of the cross. Hebrews 1 tells us in these last days, He speaks exclusively by His Son. And His Son is speaking of what he did at Calvary. He said, "If I, when I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me there. Mm-hmm. There he'll draw men at the foot of the cross, not to, not to uh, uh, speaking in tongues in the corner for your victory or running laps for your victory or fasting, fasting to get out of that trial uh, that can only be got out of by faith. No, he said, I'll draw you to the foot of the cross because that is where your anchor is for all those times. That's where you can learn to give thanks even in the heat of the battle, in the fiery furnace, like we say with the Hebrew boys. They saw a fourth man in there. And let me tell you, them three Hebrew boys, they weren't just sitting down. They were worshiping that fourth man because he was Jesus Christ. Amen? So the Lord in all of these things that we go through, he wants us he wants us to give him thanks, but not just with our lips, with our hearts. And if you could remind me of that passage, we were talking about that this morning with David promising God that he'd give an offering. Psalm, Psalm 66. Let's just go there. We got a couple of hours left. So Psalm 66. Uh, let's. I think it starts in verse 13. I'm writing commentary right here, right now, and that's. I was sharing it with Andrew this morning. Uh, let's back up to verse 10. Let's read a few verses together this morning to see a beautiful picture of, of this that Andrew's talking about. Psalm 66, verse 10. For you, O God, have proved us, and that means God's trying us. You have tried us as silver is tried, just like you and I today, being refined by the fires of, of the Lord. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction upon our loins. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out into a wealthy place. I will go into your house with burnt offerings, and I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered, and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. Notice, when he was in trouble, he was declaring. Here he says in verse 14, With my lips I have uttered and my mouth has spoken when I was in trouble. Verse 15, I will offer unto you burnt offerings of fatlings with the increase of or the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats. Come in here. Look at the result of this now. And see if you can see thanksgiving in this. Come and hear all you that fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. And that word means praised. Think about that. While he was in trouble, he had his mind on the sacrifice, and he was declaring the sacrifice. But then when it come time 
to pay his vows, verse 13, he says, I'm going to pay my vows. You know what his vows were? To offer to God what God had offered to him. Our vows to God is simply to give God the offering of praise and worship that he has given us through the giving of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, here where we are, let's, let's look at another verse this morning in 1 Thessalonians to see the same exact thing that we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11, where it's only, it's only through this wealthy place, it's only in this wealthy place where the Holy Spirit is able to cause us to be enriched in everything and to abound in what He's doing not what we're doing, abound in what he's doing, that causes, that's the cause that thanksgiving happens, just like we read about the psalmist. He said, God's tried us. God led us in a net. He's trying us. He brought affliction onto our loins. He's trying us. He's refining us. The Bible says God tries us every moment, Job 7, 18. And that every moment trial is just to see if we'll keep our faith anchored in what he's offered us on Calvary's tree, which is his son. So here, that's the only place thanksgiving, that's the only thing that causes thanksgiving. You say, well, no, God got me a house and I gave thanks. But why did God get you a house? Well, you say, because he loves me. Well, folks across the street got a house and they don't even know God. In all things, give thanks. You get a new house, give thanks to God because it's only because of what he did in his son at Calvary that all blessings flow from. But I want us to move now into this other scripture in 1 Thessalonians that pretty much says the same exact thing. So, when you're preaching, teaching something, you got to have two or three witnesses from the Word. Because the Word is what bears witness with the Word. The Word is what teaches us the Word. The truth teaches us more truth. We don't interject our thoughts and our opinions. God said it's not lying in your thought and then lying. He said it's line upon line, precept upon precept. No room for your thoughts. No room for your opinions. Mine are perfect. Don't need adding to. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, the Bible says, In everything, oh boy, in everything, I'm in a mess, give thanks. Not for your mess. Give thanks in your mess. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God, where? In Christ Jesus. Where do we give thanks? In Christ Jesus. You know, just because I'm a Christian, doesn't, just because I've been placed into Christ, doesn't mean I'm walking in Christ. You understand that, right? Just because I'm saved doesn't mean I'm living saved. For years I'd have told you I was saved, and I was, but I wasn't living saved. And just because I was placed in Christ when I was saved doesn't mean that I'm walking in Christ. 
So just because I'm talking about thanksgiving doesn't mean I'm thankful in God's eyes. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, where? In Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. Yeah, I mean, it shows us that that's an important thing because it says this is the will of God. A lot of people run around saying, well, what's God's will for my life? Pastor, could you tell me God's will for my life? They go to a prophet down the street and try to find God's will. Well, the Bible says what God's will is. It tells us here it's in everything give thanks. It tells us earlier in, the, in chapter 4, I believe it is, uh, that the will of God is our sanctification. So we're looking for the will of God. But here it tells us it's in Christ. The will of God in Christ is for us to give thanks in every situation. Mm-hmm. Now, let's stop right there because that does not mean that we're, we just need to look at the blessings that we have and start saying, Lord, I thank you for that water. Lord, I thank you for these shoes. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but if we think that's going to produce some kind of uh, knowledge of God's will for our life, that's not what this scripture's saying. This scripture's saying when you're in a Roman prison at midnight and you're in chains, give thanks for what I've done. When you're in the cave on the run from evil King Saul, give thanks for what I've done. God forbid one day soon if we're locked in prison for preaching the gospel, give thanks for what I've done at Calvary. That's what he's saying. In everything, give thanks. Because if God is testing us and trying us, as we heard Job 7, 18, in every moment... The result that he's looking for is that 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In every moment, allow him to produce a heart of thanksgiving, even in the trial, even in, even in what we refer sometimes to as on top of the mountain, which at the mountaintop and the valley, that's really all just talking about emotions and stuff like that. We're always in one place, and that's in Christ. Amen? I'd like to share a story here in Luke chapter 7 of what, what is it really that produces a heart of thanksgiving? Luke chapter 7, verse 36. I want to read to you about the alabaster box. How many of you have heard of that mm-hmm. story? We should because it's our story. Luke chapter 7, verse 36, the heart of thanksgiving here. And one of the Pharisees desired him, Jesus, that he would eat with him. And he went in into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spoke within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known Who and what manner of woman this is that touches him, for she is a sinner. But my Bible tells me, when we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto you. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose it's he to whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, You have rightly judged. And Jesus turned to the woman and said unto Simon, 
Do you see this woman? I entered into your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I have came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. And my head with oil, she, you did not anoint, but this woman has anointed my feet with oil. Wherefore I say unto you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. So why did I share this with you this morning? Because this is what produces the heart of thanksgiving. Jesus tells us in this story how to love him. It's according to the fact, the truth that we've already been forgiven. If you want to desire the Lord more and you pray, Lord, I want to be more thankful. Lord, I want to desire you more. He's always going to say, then let me show you more of what I did for you at the cross. And that is... That requires him showing us it in his word because the scripture is all not just about the man Jesus but about his redemptive work. And the more we see him in the scriptures, the more we become thankful for that which we've already received at the beginning. That position abounding therein with thanksgiving. Amen. But we need to understand today that it's this is not a process that's separate from faith in the cross. This requires faith. This requires faith, a heart of thanksgiving. Read the next two verses. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they sat at meat with him, began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgives sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved you. Go in peace. So was it, his lo- was it her love for, for her no recognizing who Jesus was as the Redeemer? Or was it her faith? They're interchangeable. Let me tell you this morning, Paul told us in Galatians 5.16 that faith works by love. Faith works by love. What does that mean? Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of Christ. When we see our need for, for the gospel before we get saved and we see, wow, there's an answer for this in me, There's an answer for this separation between me and God? Yes, there is. It's the cross. What does that do? It produces a heart of thanksgiving and love, and we put our faith in that. That's how faith works by love. It works by us recognizing something we could not do, but only Christ could do. And that same heart, let me tell you today, is needed and, and required for us to serve Him every single day. That's why Paul would tell us in our two key verses this morning, Colossians 2, 6, and 7, As you have received Christ, so walk in Him, abounding therein with thanksgiving. It's all about what He's already done. And every day He desires really, in every moment, to show us more of that, more of the cross. Amen. That's a beautiful story of the woman who broke the alabaster box and poured. That was quite a costly thing to have in that day. And those men that were there thought she was wasting that. And that's like today when a lot of people, even in the church, think it's a waste of time to always be focused on the death of Jesus. Why are we wasting some of our time? We could be focused on this. If we're focused on the death of Jesus, you're focused on all that God's offered you. Through that comes everything. That's why we're determined not to know anything other 
than Christ and Him crucified. And I do want to read, and I know you did already a little bit, but I want to read the very definition, not from the Webster's Dictionary, but the definition that's pulled out of the Greek word that's used for thanksgiving. And it says, actually, grateful language to God as an act of worship. A thankful heart is not confined to lips. It'll be heard through the lips, but a thankful heart is expressed in actions. Amen. Jesus said, who's forgiven of much, loves much. And he taught, if you love me, you're going to obey me. So who's loving him much is obeying him much because they're thankful much for what he did for them. Amen. Thankfulness is an outward show. That's why when we worship, every hand in the sanctuary ought to be lifted. It ain't about who's looking at you across the room. It's about God seeing holy hands lifted up to heaven. Worship ain't about what I think. It's about what Jesus did at Calvary and what he's become to me for. What I'm saying, There's no condemnation. I don't take this the wrong. Well, bless God, I ain't going back there. He said, if I don't lift, I didn't say if you don't, I said every hand ought to be lifted. I'll put it another way. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Amen. Are you thankful enough to lift holy hands? That woman was thankful enough to take all that she had in that box and break it even though other people were thinking how foolish she was. Amen. No, it doesn't matter. She, to her, she was thankful and somebody was going to know it. That ain't what she went in there thinking. She went in there thinking, this man has been sent to me for me. And I am going to worship him. No matter who's looking, no matter. Listen, for her to do that as a woman wasn't even really right. For her to touch him wasn't even right. But she knew who he was. And she took the most valuable thing that she had and poured it on him. Jesus said that she was anointing him for death. She wasn't just trying to make him smell good. She was anointing him for the very purpose he came. And if that, again, as we've said this morning, if that's the object of your faith, your life is going to be an outflow of being thankful. In spite of the bad things that happen to us, and they go happen. Anybody ever had anything bad happen to them? Well, guess what? Some more is going to happen. I'm not a messenger of doom and gloom, but it's just the world we live in. Bad things go happen. You might even do some of them. But guess what? You got a faithful, faithful advocate with the Father who's able to forgive you, wash you clean at every moment, so you can just keep being thankful. Hallelujah. You can just keep being thankful. When the Lord got a hold of me and turned my life around in 1994, I was so thankful I took my Bible to work with me. I wanted everybody to know something changed about me. I didn't need a Bible in my hand going in the building for them to know it. There was other things going on. I wasn't selling them dope no more. I wasn't doing dope with them anymore. I mean, I was thankful for the Lord to have touched my heart, turned my life around, and got me back on the right track. 
And when that really happens, people are going to see the fruit of that because the fruit of that is a thankful heart, and a thankful heart has thankful actions. Amen. If there, if there are no actions, then they, then what we got think we got going on on the inside ain't really going on. You know how many men have told me through the years, well, me and God, we got our own thing going on. If you got something going on with God, somebody around you going to know it. What God does, not hidden from anybody. Amen. Amen. You where you need to be? I sure am. Yep. Yep. Uh, just a, a touch on that one more time. She gave the most expensive thing she had, the most valuable asset, you could say. What does that say about our lives today? Well, we are to give the most precious thing that we have to Christ. What is that? Our soul. And we have this, we, we think that, that we just gave him our soul when we got saved, and we did. He redeemed our soul, but it, our soul still belongs to him. So every single moment of our lives, he needs to be our object of affection. You ever find yourself praying a prayer that said, Lord, help me to want you more. Help me to desire you more. Well, as I mentioned before, his answer, he always answers that prayer. By saying this, look at what I've already given you in Christ. He, he answers that prayer. That's to, to desire the Lord more, he desires that you would desire him more. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. He wants to become our object of affection more than, because that's really what our object of faith is, because once again, faith works by love. Mm -hmm. But in everything that we do, in it, we are to give thanks. And that's not, I, one point I want to stress this morning that we'd all leave on the same page is, that's not speaking of us just trying to find things to be thankful for. He's already given us what we need to be thankful for. And if we become, we'll put it like this, we determined, consumed with Calvary. Amen. Let's think about that verse. It's been quoted twice already. I'll quote it a second time. For I determined not to know anything among you save Christ and Him crucified. Do we really know what that verse means? Do we, we quote it a lot. We hear it a lot. But do we know what it means? Paul there is talking about the message that God ordained to save mankind. And he begins to say, I, I don't want to know anything else. So to us today, that's not just something we hang on the wall. We need to realize we don't need to know anything else. When it's time to teach on prayer, we preach the cross and how it relates to prayer. Because God is not doing anything among mankind that's not through His Son mm -hmm. and what He did at Calvary. Amen. You know, many times our the problems in our families that we have, not necessarily the ones inside the walls of where you live, but other family members that we have. Like, we can't even get together with them folks. We can't, we can't get together with them folks. And, and a lot of times it's because we don't know how to be thankful in all things. Anybody here today? No, no. You didn't like it because you like to blame them for it. I said a lot of times we don't know how to be thankful in all things. When folk don't agree with us and what we teach and what we believe, you still got to be thankful in all things. Amen. Whatever situation you get put in, you got to be thankful in that situation. Not necessarily for, for what it is that you're having to deal with, but in that you're having to deal with, you have to keep a thankful heart toward God. 
for who he is and what he's done in your life. Some of you looking at me like you didn't like that, but that's okay. It's still true. If we'd learn to be thankful in everything, and as Andrew said, it's easier said than done. But the, the good news is it's a possibility if your faith is in the cross because then that eliminates the part of you that cannot do it and allows the one who can do it to do it, to make you thankful in all things. Amen. You can sit around the table and eat turkey and Thanksgiving with folks who don't believe like you do and be thankful in all things. Amen. You can go to work every day and do your job with great integrity because you're a child of God and be thankful in all things. In all things on your job. In all things in your house. In all things at school. In all things right now in this room right now. In all things. Thank, thankfulness should be really just who we are. We should just be a thankful people. The world sees you as a nut already to be a Christian. You ought to just show them how nutty you are. How thankful you really are. I'm thankful this morning. Amen. I'm thankful enough to carry my Bible to work. Lay it out there. Study it on breaks and lunch. You say, well, that's just doing something. You trying to put me under the law? No, I'm trying to say that thankful heart has an outflow. That woman could have left her alabaster box at home and said, I ain't doing that. Lord bless him. He can, I have blessed him. No, she took her box with her hands and she carried it to a place and she broke it and poured it on him. Thankful heart has an outward flow and people know that you're thankful for the Lord. People here all over the world that know us, that are acquainted with us, they know that we're thankful for the cross whether they know anything else about us or not. They think, most of them think we're a little too thankful for the cross. But we are learning to be more thankful for the cross. Amen. The more determined you are not to know anything other than the cross, the more thankful you will be for the cross. Amen. This gospel is a glorious message. And no matter what happens to us in the days ahead, we can be thankful in all that. They could come and drive us out of here like cattle this morning, put us in cattle trucks and carry us out here and put us in a chain-link fence with Bob Breyer all around it. And I'm telling you, we wouldn't like it one bit. We might try to chew our way through that metal fencing to get out. But we'd have to be thankful wherever we are in whatever we're going through because we are in Christ. When that, when that becomes enough for you and you're learning for that in and of itself to be enough for you, then you're going to learn to be thankful in all things. And the Lord, He's a great teacher. He's the best teacher. You've heard this message today, and very soon He's going to show up and say, are you thankful in this? I know how He is. He's going to say, are you thankful in this? I gave you that wife. Are you still thankful I gave her to you? Don't stop being thankful for what God gave you. You might wake up one day and be without it. Because you stopped glorifying God and then you became unthankful. That story's in Romans 1. You stop glorifying God, you'll stop being thankful. Amen. You stop being thankful, we get ourselves in a big old mess. Amen. Amen. Everybody awake? Everybody alive this morning? 
Everybody thankful this morning? Everybody glad you're dead and hidden with Christ in God? Amen. You got anything else? Go ahead. I'll just read this last passage. 2 Corinthians 4, 11 through 15. You've heard it several times in the past year. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall also shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. Verse 15, For all things are for your sakes, that the ab- abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. So, so thank you for reading that. That's good, wasn't it? Think about that. That's another reason to add to the, I think, endless list of why he always, the Bible says, your Bible says that the Holy Spirit always, that means now, that means always delivers us unto death. And another reason that we see there is so that we can abound with thanksgiving. Because if it's not the cross then we're being thankful just for outer materialistic things. And God doesn't have a problem with thanking him for a house and a car and a job. He don't have a problem with that because he's the reason you got them. But what's more important to him is the thanksgiving that comes from a heart because of what he's doing that's causing the abounding of his work that cannot take place if you're not looking at what he is delivering you always unto, which is the death of his son, not for your sake, but for Jesus' sake. Because it's for his sake that we need to be expressing him. And so from what we've seen in the scriptures today, I believe we could safely say that unless we're expressing him, Our thanksgiving will never be what it should be and what it could be. And our expression of Him is going to be based on what we're doing with the cross, what we're doing with the sacrifice of Christ. Amen? Amen? You done? All right. Well, praise the Lord. I hope that you take some of these things to heart. I know sometimes when we hear a message, I always do it to... My wife, Robin, every Sunday, I say, I'd like to read your notes. <clears throat> She's not in here this morning, but I'd like, I'd like to read her notes. i like her to tell me what she heard from the message this morning. And it'll be something different for all of us. But the focus will be the same. That the Lord intends and really demands on having a thankful people. When we're not thankful... Our faith is not right. If we're not thankful, then our faith is not right. True biblical faith will produce thanksgiving. And that's more than just words we get in some routine. Nothing wrong with words. But God's not really focused on the words we say with our lips. He's focused on the words that come from our hearts. 
because that's what matters. He, he says he doesn't even look on the outward. He only looks at the heart. That's where the true language with God takes place is from the heart. You understand that? It's with the heart we first believed unto righteousness. It's with the heart that was yielded that said, I believe it. And the, and the lips followed suit. And I'm thankful today. I'm thankful. Let me just take a minute. I know I don't, and I'm not going to be able to list everything that I'm thankful for, but I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for you as my church family. I'm thankful for those who've stuck with us through thick and thin. And I'm thankful for the many years the Lord has given us and the grace He's given us to stay focused on what He's focused on, which is His Son's sacrifice. I'm thankful for the fellowship of determined ministers that we have been joined to by the Lord. And, and there's a lot more than us that's preaching this message. But I'm thankful for the determination that the Lord is bringing into the church where he has no room for mixture. He has no room for mixture. He won't honor it for one second. He won't honor it. He won't honor it. He won't, well, do something in some other way because he's God. You never listen to that. That won't happen. I'm thankful to know that. I'm thankful to be a part of not only this congregation, but other congregations that are meeting this morning in houses, in small buildings, smaller than ours, some of them. Small places, larger places who are preaching the glorious gospel. I'm thankful this morning to be healthy enough to get up here and do this. I'm thankful enough to have one of my children stand beside me and to proclaim this message with me. I'm thankful for those that God has sent that are able to stand here and preach this gospel. I'm thankful for a whole lot of things. But everything I'm thankful for is all rooted in the cross of Christ. Everything I'm thankful for is all rooted in what my Jesus did for me at Calvary. Why? How could I not raise my hands? How can I not, not clap my hands? Because the Bible doesn't say clap your hands, some of you. The Bible says clap your hands, all of you. That means you too, Curtis. That means clap your hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap your hands, all you people. That doesn't say some of you. Well, it's just not my personality. We'll get saved and it will be. Hallelujah. Clap your hands. Lift your holy hands. Stomp your feet. Shout the high praises of God because the more thankful you are, the more you're going to. Amen. I'm thankful this morning to be full of the Holy Ghost. Maybe not in the way other people expect me to be, but I'm full of the Holy Ghost enough to get up and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. I'm thankful this morning. But I'm not just thankful this morning. I was thankful yesterday morning. I'll be thankful tomorrow morning if I wake up. I'll be thankful when I go to bed tonight if I didn't get what I wanted today. I'll be thankful. Amen. We got to be thankful. God demanding you be thankful because if you're not thankful in all things, that means you're trying to control things and you're not getting your way. So why should I be thankful about this mess? Amen. When I was laying there, I thought I was dying. Me and Jeanette both thought, this is it. We're going to be with the Lord. I said, thank you, Lord. I'd rather go be with you than do too much more of this. 
You can be thankful in all things. In the horror stories that, that will come to your life, you, you can be thankful while they're going on. Amen. Your thankfulness doesn't stop them. It just shows God that your heart's toward Him. A heart toward God is a thankful heart. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me?